Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back for season four. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So I, I, I can't think of a more fitting day to do this on. Um, it's been a been a huge week since Christmas. Your Lions, even though they got screwed, which we'll get into, but have clinched a playoff berth. Clinch the division. Should be battling right now for the number one seed and all, honestly. Um, I do think they put the rest of the NFL on notice that they are legit. Um, but I, I think the if I'm Jack Harbaugh, I, I have to be smitten. Yesterday, your youngest son clinches the AFC, clinches a bye. And damn, the Baltimore Ravens, huh? they they are probably legit the the number one team in the NFL. Um, they beat what San Francisco, Miami, mm-hmm. and Dallas all this year, all pretty convincingly. So, mm-hmm. yes. And now you have Jim Harbaugh, and the only thing I can think about is uh, Steve Young um, when he won the. Uh, what was that? The Super Bowl and what was that? Like ninety four, and they they threw the monkey off his back. That's true. Yeah, that that that's what I could think <laughs> of. You have the Michigan Wolverines going to the Rose Bowl, wearing the iconic ninety seven ninety eight Rose Bowl national championship Rose Bowl uniform. Man, they need to start selling that throwback immediately, but. Great game, clinching in overtime, 27-20. to 20. And next Monday, they'll be in Houston playing for the national championship. What a day. Man, what a day, Rodney. Man, I am, I am like, overly ecstatic about today. Um, I rolled the highs and the lows. I thought the kicking was going to get us out of the game. I, I just – I didn't think that – because that kicker for uh, – shout out to that kicker from Alabama – that guy's NFL ready. I mean, he has balls of steel. The punter was good. The kicker, the kicking game was good for Alabama, but that center, oh my God! You know, I, I want to give all the kudos to Michigan, but that guy, that 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 center for Alabama was the worst center I ever had, I ever seen in my life. What the hell was he doing? I just, it felt like he played for Michigan, but um. Yeah, shout out for Michigan, man. I'm really excited, man. I I just I can't believe that we we haven't won in so long. And it, it feels good right now, Rodney. Yeah, they um slay the dragon. Um it's it's interesting. If you go back two years ago, right, they got the brakes beat off of them in Miami by the Georgia Bulldogs, and it's kinda like Jim Harbaugh and Michigan vowed to put together a team that could slay the SEC Dragon, and and, and they did it. Um, and they did it the Michigan way. Blake Horn scoring two touchdowns. Uh, J.J. McCarthy with, with timely throws. Jim Harbaugh with a gutsy call with, like, I think like three minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. Um, fourth and two, he could have punted. And, and relied on the fact that he had three timeouts in his defense. That defense line, shout out to Mason Graham. 
Uh, that, that defensive line bullied Alabama most of the game. But because he called for Jim Harbaugh going for it on fourth and two, um, hell, and I don't know how Alabama doesn't cover Blake Horn coming out the backfield on that play at all. Yeah, you know what's crazy, too, um, with this Alabama team? From watching them from the first game of the season, uh, watching them just – I've just been watching them the whole season and because, uh, of course, America focuses on Alabama. They are one of the uh, – the the great teams in uh NCAA history. I can't even I deny gonna, that. I was gonna call them they're like the New England Patriots with Tom Brady. Right, but that team that we seen that Nick Staben um had to deal with, the problem is when you get so many great players and they come in, a lot of them are one and done, two and done, three and done. Um that whole team was just a, a brand new team for him. And I think this was like one of the worst teams that Nick Saban had. I didn't think they supposed to have made it in the first place. Um I was surprised well, they even beat Georgia. I was surprised they beat Georgia, Rodney, in my opinion. Well, I, I thought Georgia fumbled that one. But Georgia yeah. wasn't the same Georgia. So in, in, in Florida State, bless their heart, they 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 fumbled. They whole claim, you know, thirteen and oh, we should have been there. The and I know they didn't have some players play in their bowl game, but for them to get beat the way they did, yeah, they got they got destroyed, Rodney. And I was just sitting back there laughing. And you know what's crazy too? You also have other teams that come out the woodworks too and say, "Well, we played and we're undefeated too." I watched Liberty today play Oregon. And you know what? Liberty came out. They had fire in their belly. They all excited. They was talking about, we deserve to be in the national championship game. We're just as good. Um, they came out and they scored that first six points. And then they uh, they missed a field goal. And you know what, right? I don't think they scored again that whole game. I think I cut it off. I left. It was like 45 to 6. Yeah. Like, Oregon scored 45 straight points. And I was like, you know what, man? These teams are frauds, man. And Alabama... Michigan played down to Michigan played down to the opposition in that one, man. I think that uh, if it, and plus all those days off and everything too for the national championship game, if this was a regular season and we were playing them, we would have smoked Bama. I'm not gonna even play. Like we would have smoked them. And they, so the interesting thing you bring up, like the whole liberty. I don't. I know that there's this whole notion that the group of five, they get at least one team um, into, uh, what is it, the, the New Year Six or whatever bowl game. But Liberty was ranked like 23rd in the nation. They shouldn't have been on the same field as Oregon. Um, they, they, it should have been someone else, uh, somebody else from the top 15 at least. But I don't see how you justify putting Liberty uh, in that game against Oregon. This isn't well like... The year, like, um, what was it, um, Central Florida, um, Scott Frost was coaching there where they were undefeated. Uh, they mm-hmm. were in Liberty. Um, the Cincinnati teams under um, Luke Fickle are, were much better. And, hell, they were ranked in the top five at the time. I don't, I don't see – I never got how they put Liberty at 23 in a damn bowl game against Oregon. Like, that was that was <laughs> shit. Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming. Man, and, and you know what's crazy, Rodney? It was in the Fiesta Bowl too. 
You put them guys in the Fiesta, Fiesta Bowl is a prestigious bowl. Like, they really had to believe in them, but they brought them there to get smoked. And I'm like, wow. Like, you, I, when I looked at it, too, I said, what the hell is Liberty doing here? And then I looked at their record. I didn't know that Liberty had went undefeated also. They were one of the undefeated teams also this season, and they got smoked, man. It, just because you're undefeated doesn't mean anything, man. I think the, I think the the committee got it right with Florida State. They were under they were undefeated, but they weren't better than Georgia. We, I think we went over this too, but in a in a previously unreleased podcast because due to technical difficulties. But those these guys are not better than Ohio State. They're not better than Wisconsin. They're not even better than Wisconsin. They're not better than LSU. Like I, I can keep going with Florida State, um, Tennessee. Tennessee, we can keep going, Rodney. We can we go Penn State. We can keep going. So many teams they're not better than. And then when they go against Georgia, Georgia stumps them. And it's just that Florida State team was a, a shell of themselves, and they weren't great. And this Liberty team isn't great. So the, their whole argument, Rodney, was if we expand the field, which they plan on doing next year, they're saying, hey, consider us next year if we wind up running the table and doing the same thing again. Can but not with that, not with that diet light schedule that they that they got. No, we they don't. They shouldn't be considered when you play a diet light schedule and you're not playing anybody. No, you don't deserve it. And can I say something about this expanded playoff field? Oh, go ahead, Rodney. Unleash it. Unleash the dragon on them. So I, I happen to be because I follow Coach Prime on, on social media, and if you follow Coach Prime anytime. The Colorado football team, Twitter, or Instagram, whatever, put something out, it, you know, pops up on his page. The Big 12 is a joke. For yeah. This. The, the fact that they are still considered a power conference is an absolute joke compared to, um, hell, even – I know in Florida State trying to leave the ACC, but if you look at the teams in the ACC versus who was left in the Big 12, it's an absolute joke. I agree. I, mean, I agree, Rodney. Colorado, they possibly could win 10 games next year based on just the way their schedule lines up. And that's and that's actually a blessing for Colorado, um, for them to be in that that conference. And I mean, if they can somehow rattle off a, a couple of uh, key wins and, and win that whole conference, there you have it. They're in the playoffs, and that's what that's what they're designed to do. Like at least give them a fighting chance. But when do we look at team schedules and say, hey, and if they haven't really necessarily beaten anybody? When do we look at it and say, hey, you don't deserve to even be here? Because Florida State almost snuck in there. And we we knew that. Thank God the committee looked at it. Because I can't even imagine if this was a playoff field. So imagine the playoff field starting this year, right, Rodney? And you expanded. And and that Georgia team go that's a that was an embarrassing defeat. Like I felt really bad for Florida State. I said, God damn, didn't they beat them like 60 something to three? Yeah, it, it's a I, yeah, I, I hell, it's a program declining defeat at that point. Yeah, like we don't want to see that again. And like, like I said, it, like, I had so many other teams that I I chose. I didn't even think they should even be number five. Like I, I had so many other teams over them, 
in so many more exciting games I could have got out of other teams and matchups. It just feel like even if we expanded the field this year, I just wouldn't have picked Florida State. I didn't think they were in the top 10 or 15, in my opinion, off of just that key injury. Injury. Like, yeah, it just it didn't sit well with me. It'll be interesting to see um, once all the bowl games are over, you know, how they do the ranking, the bowl games, um, where they rank. Like, that should be dead last out of all the – like, <laughs> um, Arizona Bowl was better. <laughs> Man. The pinch. And I, I thought that – you know what's crazy, Rodney? Like, uh, that West – if you watch that Wisconsin-LSU game today – Oh, that was, that was that's up there. Yeah, that was a damn good game. And you know what's I I I should be pissed off because I, I placed a fifty dollar bet. Um, all my teams won except for Wisconsin. And when I placed that bet at the time, Wisconsin was winning fourteen to nothing. That's a whole different story. Why I'm upset, but I'm happy. I'm happy Michigan won. But yeah, I just I thought that game was really good, and yeah, it, it just that's the type of game I want to see. Now, even though Wisconsin was seven and six. They played a tough. They played a tough gauntlet of a schedule in the Big Ten, and like we even people should. A, re- what was that five and seven record? They won. Yeah, I think they were seven and six, Rodney. They were six and seven. I'm um, seven and six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but people need to realize something too, because everybody said, "Oh man, Michigan had an easy schedule." The Big Ten, I no joke, man. Like every game is like a grueling game. Like, Northwestern was even good this season. Illinois, you got to remember Illinois, how good they were. Purdue, all these teams are good. But are they Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State good? No. And that's the problem. And then they're just fighting amongst each other. But other than that, they're really good teams. And, like, if they go against the LSU and some of these other teams, LSU didn't sit anybody out. That was a healthy LSU team with no injuries that they went against. And that was one hell of a game. So you got to really think about that too. Like, and when people say the Big Ten go against uh, the SEC and some Big Ten is, is strong too, man. Like, it, the disrespect is has to really go. Yeah, and I, I know I know a lot of bets were flowing Alabama way. There was talk to Alabama on mop the floor with Michigan. Um, Hell of a game plan put together by Jim Harbaugh and Jesse Minter on the defensive side. Uh, Sharon Moore, timely play calling, especially on that, that game tying drive for Michigan. And hell, if Michigan got the ball to start overtime, they just bullied Alabama. Um, you know what, Rodney? I, I, it feels like to me, in my opinion, Michigan had this momentum going. And um, – they call it was a key call that was that was called where the guy uh he kept blocking the, the young man while the young man was on the ground and they said he pancaked him. And then they took us back fifteen yards for that penalty. It felt like we was flowing right there and we would have scored on that. And that kind of like set us back a little bit. Then they called a couple of other calls that didn't make any sense. And it, it felt like it was kind of making the game a little bit close to because in all honesty if Michigan was playing Michigan ball, they would have blew out Alabama. Yeah, they missed a um, JJ McCarthy uh, late hit out of miles on the on the game winning drive. He literally was well outside the white and got slammed on the ground with no call. Exactly, and not only that too, it was a couple of holding calls too that were questionable. And I saw Harbaugh losing his mind 
on that running um, on that running play for Alabama, the guy was just obviously being held too, and it was a face mask hold too, because he was literally ha- grabbing the guy by the face mask, and and he was like, "How can you miss that?" But you know, it it, it just it is what it is. It, we oh. won the game. A lot of calls are missed. So, well, while we're talking about officiating, let's get right into it. The Detroit Lions. Go to what I can only describe at this point as the Lions' house of horrors because every time it seems like we play in Dallas, there's an issue with the officiating. <laughs> so, and I don't think a lot of people gave Detroit much of a chance against Dallas. Um, Dallas have been blowing teams out at home. Um, I think Dallas is a completely different team at home versus the road. But the Lions hung right there in there with Dallas. Went down the field with little time left, scored. And I, and I know some people have questioned Dan Campbell going for it on uh, fourth down and then at this point going for it for a two-point conversion. I thought he made the right call because, hell, you already locked into the three-seed, win or lose. You might as well just go for the win and uh, – have a chance to possibly play for the number one seed in the last week of the season. So, Taylor Decker, who's number 68, goes to the official from what it looked like from my angle. And, hell, I've looked at every angle quite sure you have, too, and you hear Jared Goff actually tell him one of the angles to go report, which he does. My run to play. Convert to two-point conversion. Oh, looks like we're going to, you know, win, get out of Dallas with a win, and lo and behold, there's a flag for illegal touching. How in the hell is that not, you're not able to review that? How in the hell when you have the wide receiver clearly um, basically cover himself off the line of scrimmage to make Taylor Decker eligible? I was not on that looked at. I have no idea. Hell, Dan Campbell even said he told the officials there was a possibility of them running this play before the game. And, hell, you clearly see the referee walking away as Taylor Decker trying to report how he got 68 and 70 mixed up. I have no idea. Yeah, they, they dropped the ball on that one, Rodney. And for, for our listeners that don't know, um, Yes, when trick plays come up, when it's uh, special types of uh, punts, um, when it's onside kicks, all types of things of that nature, yes, people do have to reveal, like, the majority of their game plan. Does that? I know that they say the NFL script writers and all this other stuff, too. It, it kind of coincides with that. It might give you that type of feeling. But, yes, when, when people have certain things going on in certain plays – they make sure that you look out for this type of thing. But the officials, man, whenever we go into Jerry World, La La Land, you're going to run into that. Every time we go and play in Dallas, man, Jerry Jones' pockets is deep. He got to have something going on with them officials, man. It just I done seen them throw flags and pick them up and say that's not a penalty. It's, number 70 was nowhere near the official to tell him that he was eligible. He was trying to run towards the official way. But he never said anything about reporting. So that that blew my mind, too. So I knew the fix was in. That, that was a hell of a play. 
They did it the right way. It's not on the players. Decker, I want I want to hear the audio coming from the uh, the officials' uh, mic because I know he's mic'd up. Somebody else, the officials are all got to be mic'd up, right? Um, yeah. Well, then I know the the ump is definitely um mic'd. Clearly, the officiating crew um, was terrible. Something happened for them to be downgraded out the playoffs. So, I don't think the NFL releases that audio. Because it's obvious that Decker is going to walk up to the guy and say, uh, <laughs> I think he's going to walk up to him and say, like, hey, I'm reporting. And I think the guy is going to okay it. And then I think that they've dropped the ball on that. So that's why they got rid of that officiating crew. They just messed up and they should own it. If you yeah. messed up, you should go ahead and own it. Um, I'm, I mean, if they messed up also, I mean – the official didn't probably want to say, hey, I, I think I messed up. So he had to go in and call that call. Because when they announced it over the PA system that 70 was, was reporting ineligible, um, that's when they, they messed up right there. So, um, But it's not on the Lions to go say, hey, can you correct that from 68 to 70 and then stop the play? Like, hey, no, that wasn't the right person. You know, that it's not their job to do that. If the officials mess up on the number, because sometimes when they call players for penalties, they call a number that doesn't make any sense. It's just the same thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's been so, done over and over again. They call a penalty and say it's on 21 and it's actually 25 or something. So um, Yeah, it happens all the time. But as an official, do they go back and say, hey, I'm wrong about that. It's actually on this, pl- on this player. You know, I'm wrong about what just happened on that play. They can't do that like – that 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 would be a whole different monster if, if they would have allowed that touchdown to go and then they announced over the PA system, you can hear them say, hey, 70s reporting is ineligible, then it, it can go both ways. So I can see that happening going both ways on Dallas and going on the Lions. But the Lions called the perfect play. Even if they did say the right number, which was 68, they wouldn't have thought that they was going to throw that to Decker in the first place. So mm-hmm. that was a hell of a play. Yeah, so the I don't know the NFL interesting week. I don't know what the hell is wrong with the Eagles at this point, but I think they're like one and five in their last six. Um, San Francisco has basically clinched the one seed in the NFC. Like I said, the Lions are locked in as, as the three seed, uh, and I like the Lions mentality, saying that they they want Dallas in the playoffs. So. Uh, uh, it'll be it'll be nice to see what they do, right? And and I I believe that I believe the Lions are, are going to bounce back and be stronger from this whole situation. Anyway, um, I like the mindset of Dan Campbell. He said he woke up even more um even more hungry and ready to battle. Yeah, uh, I, the only thing I don't like Rodney is I don't like the first round matchup. Um. But we still got a lot of football to play. Even though uh, they say the Rams have clinched the playoff spot, they still they can clinch the playoff spot, but they can still move within that last spot in the um, spot that they have right now going against the Lions. So um, I'm still kind of weary about Stafford coming back into Ford Field and then the way that uh, Puka and Cooper Cup have been playing. 
And we've been giving up big yards to wide receivers. Man, C.D. Lamb done hurt us. Um, Allen hurt us. It's just so many different wide receivers done lit us up. Justin Jefferson done lit us up. And now going against a two-headed monster, and then you're giving Stafford time to throw in that pocket. I'm just really nervous about going against the uh, the Ram. With you know, C.J. Gardner being back, um, James Houston being back on that on that D line, um, it changes some of the um, di- dynamics in the, in the defense. I thought overall, uh, especially Agent Hutchinson, uh, he was a man among boys on, on Saturday, uh, unblockable. Him and Michael Parsons. Uh, they they to me were the two most dominant players on the field. So I'm hoping if you can get James Houston back, you put him across from Hutch, that changes the, the dynamics of the of the defense. Well, I hope so too. And I'm I'm actually excited about McNeil Houston and uh and uh and uh, Deuce coming back. You know, like I, you know. CJ, he he's really a vocal leader. I think I can I've seen plenty of instances where they could have used uh CJ on that defense too, especially when they're um, you know, just for the help out too. A lot of guys probably, you know, just because they call a, a single coverage like that, somebody has to come over and help out in that single coverage because Lamb was it just felt like Sutton was just getting burned and nobody was coming over there to give him a hand or help out. Or if he did get past Sutton, like the tackling was kind of iffy also. So I, hopefully CJ he can look at that and then you know help out in that department and then maybe we can get some more pressure on uh, on uh, Dak Prescott if we happen to play them again because I was really disappointed in Barnes. How do you whiff that? That's a whole game changing play right there. He whiffs on Dak Prescott like I I don't know what the hell he was doing. He ran right past him. I don't even think he he laid like. I don't know. That, that play was just iffy to me. It made me think Barnes was like on the payroll of Dallas or something because that was just weird. Yeah, it was a weird play. I actually just watched that play again uh, a couple hours ago. And yeah, that, like you said, that's a game defining um, play. Right now, I, for especially for Baltimore, I think it's Baltimore Super Bowl or bust for them. Um, they by far the way they just blow out Miami. Uh, look like the best team. Odell looked like he's rounding into the Odell back in the old. Um, I'm sorry for any negative things I ever said about Lamar Jackson, but get that man the MVP now. Yeah, man, he's hands down, Rodney. And I know we we talked about it before, and and I still go back to this too. Um, it's just from watching him, man. And, and I know <clears throat> I know some people were a little iffy about the injury that he had and uh, his injury history because he was a little injury riddled the past two years. But I think that wasn't what it what really was, Rodney. I don't think it was really the injuries. The man just really wanted to be paid, and he was worried about his future. You don't want to go out there playing, um, you know, for less than what you're worth. And then it's obvious you see how he plays. You don't want to put your whole heart on the line and, and ball your ass out. And then you don't get paid. You get injured. Now your worth goes down, you know, and you didn't get your money. So I understand him sitting out and all the other stuff. But I never will forget that this man wanted to come to Detroit 
and be a Detroit Lion, and we passed up on him and decided to keep Jared Goff. We didn't want to pay the money, but I just think that he's a game changer, man. Like, if you get a chance to get an MVP, you got to pay out your pocket for it. And we're going to wind up paying Goff and, and some other players anyway, but this man is something special, especially if you had him with the Detroit Lions and that offensive line and those running backs. I mean, come on. And those wide receivers? Yeah, so um, it's a Super Bowl or bust for them. Um, shoot, at one point I, uh, I thought you'll see a 49ers-Ravens matchup. Not so much. Not sure what's going to happen in the NFC at this point. Uh, I do want to see Miami keep winning the AFC side. If I would like to see them face Baltimore in the AFC Championship, only because I get more Mike McDaniel since he is by far the funniest coach in the league at this point. I mean, you ain't lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. He's hilarious, man. And I love how vocal he is and, like, just – he's just open with his players, man. I like that a lot. I like how he keeps it real. Oh, before before we uh, move on, shout out to Mike Tomlin. Seventeen years, seventeen straight winning seasons, and he's done it these last couple of years. But not a really, to be honest, not a really number one type quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hell, this year he's had what Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Mason Rudolph at quarterback, and I can't even think of the third one. So um, the fact that they're guaranteed to maybe make the playoffs and then they're guaranteed to to end the season with a winning record, um, shout out to Mike Tomlin and the job he continues to do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Tomlin, I don't know how the hell he does it season after season, man, especially with that quarterback personnel. The wide receivers, man, not blocking like they're supposed to, not showing up for most of the plays, not running routes properly. Quarterback play has been atrocious. Defense has been uh, – it's a change in the guard on defense. A lot of guys injured. Offensive line has just been you, – you don't know how that offensive line has been. And guess what? Still comes out there and leads those guys to fight for the playoffs. Like, that's insane. Yeah, Um on the other end of the spectrum, a coach that I despise at this point, Sean Payton, and the – I don't even know how to, to put it, but what he's done with Russell Wilson, I don't like it. I know it was a forced marriage, but damn. Mm. Uh, you know, it's that's kind of tough for me, Rodney. I, I mean – He's going to get $142 million when it's all said and done. Yeah, it does kind of remind me of um, when LSU fired um, Ed Orgeron years ago and they told him they were still going to pay his buyout. He was like, okay, where's the box? Let me let me pack. Right, that's what I was like. Do I, I mean, do I, I, I feel bad for us, I guess. I don't, he's still going to get paid. He's still married to Sierra. She's beautiful. He's going to probably go to another team, too, and, and play really well. It's not over for him. It's not really his fault. That uh, It's just Denver protecting themselves. Denver Denver thought players are going to show up and be great, and they just really didn't, Rodney. And it's not his fault. The defense was terrible. 
the de- it's not his fault that the defense. I don't even think he had a turnover in that game against Miami, and they still lost that game sixty something to like ten or something. Like it's you not that like to see him go. Uh huh. Washington. Send him to send him to DC. You know what? I think Washington would be pretty cool too. But I got a really good one for you. Send him to New York. Send him to New York. Let him play with those uh those Giants. I think that team would be really good on if I think Daniels, they just paid him all that money. And he's just not that good of a quarterback, man. He the thing is he he has decent protection, but he gets scared in the pocket. And he makes stupid plays and dumb turnovers. And they got good wide receivers, but he just don't know how to throw to them or something. I just, I don't, it's something wrong with that guy. Like, they brung in, um, what's that tight end that they brung in from the Raiders? Oh, Naren Waller. Yeah, they, you brought in Waller. Now, Waller had Derek Carr throwing to him. You're trying to tell me you couldn't get the ball to the Waller? Waller's a baller. You couldn't throw the ball to him. You had Kenny Galladay on your team along with some of the other guys, too, and he still didn't really pass the ball to those guys. He's not really a good quarterback. And his so, defense, Kenny Galladay, is still looking for a job, too. So, I think Daniels, like, ruined his career. And think about it like this, too. That whole that organization for the Giants has been a joke, and they got it wrong. You don't pay Saquon Barkley, but you pay this Daniels guy who's didn't even throw for like ten touchdowns last season. Like that's what you go. <laughs> Saquon had all those touchdowns. You don't pay him, but then you wind up paying the quarterback that didn't even throw for like ten or eleven touchdowns last season. They still made it to the playoffs, but that was a joke. I, I just, I that's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I mean. New York is a good fit. I can see that football-wise, it makes a lot of sense for for Russ Hill. It makes a lot of sense for him family-wise, uh, Sierra with her music career. So I, I could see New York. Um, it'll be interesting, like you said, they gave Daniel Jones all that that money to, to see what they do with him because um, he has proven that he is not the the – the quarterback. Yeah, he's definitely not the quarterback for them for the future. I think they they spent all that money and now they're just they're gonna be in the same he's gonna be in the same situation that Russell Wilson was in. They're gonna try to figure out a way to get rid of him, to cut him or trade him or something. And uh how do you feel about what's going on in Chicago? Now that Fields is starting to get it together, they wind up getting key defense. We asked them what they was doing. When they wind up getting certain players from uh from different teams and and, and start putting things together, because we thought that the Bears were dead in the dirt. They starting to put a team together slowly but surely, and they might be a force to be reckoned with next year. If yeah. they keep fields, they got to keep fields because I don't think that Caleb Williams guy is, is a, the the right fit for him. I don't I don't like him for some reason. I just I don't think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's better than Fields. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, like you said, they own um, the Panthers pick, so they'll be picking number one again, um, which is scary. So I think you, I think you keep Justin Field. I, I think you try to do the same thing you did this past draft, uh, trade out of the number one pick, 
Um, get as much draft capital as you can. Uh, but yeah, I think you, I think you have to see where the the field thing takes you. Uh, hell, there's a lot of a lot of young quarterback talent in the NFC North. Yeah, yeah you're right about that. Love. Hell, golf is, what, 28? Right. And then think about it next year. You bring Cousins back, too. Love is starting to come into his own. I still don't – I still believe that, in my opinion, I think Love is like – he's not the – I think he's like last in our division quarterback. If I did it my own personal rankings, I would put Fields above him because Fields, like – when Fields is on, he actually gets time because that offensive line was letting him down. But when Fields gets time, too, I think he's a better passer than Love. He makes better decisions than Love. He, he can run the ball. Like, I, I think he's really smart with it. He's strategic. Um, he throws a damn good ball when he wants to. Like, look at look at those uh, passes that he made this past Sunday. Like, those are, those are freaking dimes to beat the Falcons. Yeah. He, threw, he threw some pretty good balls, yeah. To C.J. Moore, he was knocking it out. Like I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. I think you do keep them, and the crowd was chanting, chanting "keep them." They're only like a game. If if they had a couple, couple of games they could have put together, they would be right now fighting for a playoff spot. Just yeah. one game they could put together. Yeah, and I think Matt Eberfuse saved this, saved his job. Um, I don't think. I know there there was calls from Jim Harbaugh to Chicago. I don't think that's happening. I do think if um, Harbaugh goes anywhere, it, it'll be San Diego. I mean, well, not San Diego, L.A., um, the Chargers. So, uh, but I'm excited. We're going to look at a highly competitive um, NFC North next year. So, Well, if I'm the Bears... I love Harbaugh, but Michigan just offered him all that money, man, to stay there, um, to be the man for years to come. Um, even if he does get suspended or anything, Michigan said they don't care. They're willing to accept that. So that's a good thing. But, yeah, with uh, I think with the Bears, I think they should go after Ben Johnson. Like, if you're trying to expand this man's game, Go after offensive coordinator. Go after him or either go after uh uh what's the offensive coordinator for the uh, for the Redskins? Oh um uh, Eric, I forgot his the enemy. Yeah, go after the enemy. Yeah, be enemy. I would go after him too. Go after guys that can put some plays together and and, and you know, set up some good playbooks that, that can benefit his strength. Cause I don't think he had a good I think he he's a victim of having bad offensive coordinators and bad coaches, in my opinion. So you know what to do. You know what to go get this guy. Mm-hmm. So wanted to turn our attention to music since we have closed out 2023. Um, 2023 didn't actually end up being... Wasn't a great year for music, especially hip-hop-wise, but it wasn't a bad year either. Um, I feel like especially the fourth quarter uh, with some of the fourth quarter releases um, kind of solidified 2023. It's not, not such a bad year uh, for, for music. 
but wanted wanted to get your thoughts on 2023 overall. I thought R and B wise, 2023 was a great year. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the women came to play this year, man. Like, if you look at the hit, not only the women, freaking Usher, man, he was on every. He reinvented himself. I mean, he was in news. He had so many singles with all these young artists. Um, I mean, I think he he really held it down for the guys, man. A lot of guys didn't really uh didn't come on strong until like you said, until like the the later half of the year. But um, you know, we were even looking for like uh hip hop artists to come. We thought Drake was gonna come and bring it. He didn't come, but then when he reissued his album with the unreleased songs, yeah, he had some stuff on his hands. Um I mean, I, I thought this music year was was very interesting. Kendrick Lamar came, you know, he he shined his light on there. Um, J Cole came at the end and and uh, let us know that's why he J Cole, why he the man. Uh, Little Wayne, Two Chains. I mean, guys was coming out. Of Nas, of course, Nas always holds it down. We thought Nas was gonna be the the hottest thing smoking. Then here come Killer Mike. Uh, it just it was just so many different um, different ways hip hop hit you this year. And this would be in 50 years of hip-hop also. Um, I think hip-hop going to be just fine, man. I know a lot of guys were saying that they, you know, hip-hop is, is dying and the sales and all this stuff and, and everything. It's only dying for certain people that don't want to change and, 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 and understand that hip-hop is always evolving. If you don't get that hip-hop is evolving, you need to change the way that you, you're coming at these people and who, who are your, your base fans and customers – then of course you're gonna lose. So that's why I, I say the sales for Rick Ross and uh and Meek Mills are pretty low. But look at Nicki Minaj numbers. Look at some of the other people numbers. Like they did really well. Look at Fifty Cent still going on tour, selling on tours for an album. That you know that he's singing off. He's singing off the Get Rich or Die Trying album. That album came out what two thousand? Yeah, like come on. Yeah, like come on, man. Like. You can't even give me that. Everybody else numbers was fine. So it just it just depends on the artist, man, and what you putting out there and if the music is good or not. Um a lot of artists like to hit you with volume, right, Rodney? Everybody say uh, NBA Youngboy comes out with an album every two months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think um it's, it's value when one not coming off so often, and two, when you coming out, um, and I and I think Drake's first album suffered from this. Um, that came out this year. the The reissue was a bunch better, but felt like if Drake would have kept the album to twelve, twelve to fourteen songs, that's a great album. Right. No, I, I agree. Um, I miss those days too, Rodney. Like. And I, you know, I miss those days when when artists would come out with with twelve or thirteen of their best songs, and but now guys are giving you twenty eight songs. It's been a couple of Chris Brown albums where he give you like fifty something songs. It just it all depends now, man. Or or people are just gonna keep jabbing you with singles. That's what they like to do now. They just keep hitting you with singles back to back to back. Um, and I think that's just a thing with hip hop now. Um, you get these wild collaborations that you thought you would never fathom. I didn't know that I'd get certain collaborations I think I would fall in love with, but 
I mean, I just never know until I hit it. I hear it. And now Detroit's uh, sound and the way that they're putting things down on me. I didn't think that I would like a, a Skiller Baby or a Vez or, you know, or it's just, it's, it's crazy to me, man. Like I, maybe we, maybe we did sleep on hip hop this year. A lot of young artists came, came to play this year and we just had to focus on them. Cause I, I didn't think we focused on the young artists. Cause I, I think I was just kind of sleeping on them because that's not the sound I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall it was a, it's a pretty decent year for for hip hop. Um, I'm interested to see how it evolves in 2024, um, especially with um, some some people we thought was going to release in 2023. Um, I guess their album got pushed to 2024. I know Rhapsody has has been on social media saying. Um, she's waiting on some clearances for her album, um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, Ludacris is still talking about dropping in 2024. Um, hopefully, we get a Big Sean album. I don't know where that brother is. It's like He kind of disappeared off the face of the earth since becoming a dad, so... Um, Hopefully, 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 we we finally get a big shine, shine album. Um, did you get a chance to listen to the um, Hit Boy produce uh, big hit and the game album? I did not get a chance to listen to it. And I actually was going to listen to it earlier today, but um. Yeah, for, for some reason, I, I I think I got sidetracked and I didn't listen to yeah, it. I did too. I um, I saw when Hip Boy had posted on social media, and I and I completely uh, forgot to go back and listen to it. Um, I just I think it's interesting, you know, because um, I thought the game was done with hip hop after his latest album. Uh, but I'm curious to to see what that brother got got to say. And hell, I'm curious to see when um, Hip Boy Dad, the big hit, has to say. Uh, and that's it's actually been kind of a, a joy to see um, Hit Boy um, and his, his dad collaborating on social social media and stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about I'm excited to to hear what game has to say and. Um, and you know, the last time Hit Boy done came out with something, it was with Nas and, you know, and he carried Nas to, you know, to the light with the beats. So maybe he can do something, the same thing for the game. The game needs that too. Yeah. I think the game. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, um, interesting. Hit Boy kind of been these last, the, the run he's been on these last four years and it's, it's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, he's been he's been the man with the beats, man. So, um, I'm excited about the album. It's a, a little quick. Uh, is is it Paisley Park, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to hear about. You know, I was excited to hear about the album, and then when I heard the little clip of the game flowing, I'm like, okay, this might be nice right here. Like if it's going with that whole type of vibe, I like the game when he's laying down like some some decent bars, like it. It don't always got to be murder, murder, gang, bang, kill, kill, kill. Like I, a lot of times I don't want to hear that. So, 
hopefully the hit boy done came with something where he get those same type of bars that like Nas Nas be bringing. You know, Nas be bringing them intellectual bars. You know, just to move music. That's what it's all about. So hopefully he can. That's what this album is about. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, uh, gotta talk about Dave Chappelle. Made a return to Netflix is a joke. Um, have <laughs> you, and do you get a chance to watch the special yet? No, I did not. Actually, I I uh, I am in need of a Netflix subscription, sir. So I might have to uh, subscribe to Netflix just for the Dave Chappelle one. So yeah, it's it's definitely uh, worth watching. Um, I think he solidifies if he hadn't already solidified himself as as the comedian comedic joke of this generation, the GOAT, um, I, I think this fairly cements him uh, ahead of, um, like, Kevin Hart and, and other people. Um, thought it was well done, it was well laid out. Uh, and I'm glad he went back to D.C. where he did it at, because it was like a full circle moment, because his first big special was, was in, the DC, in D.C., so... Um, of course, and there there are some trans jokes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm proud to see. Um, and hell, Netflix has some kind of because you got the Kevin, you got Kevin Hart and Chris Rock to behind the scenes of their um, headliners only tour, um, tour. That that's mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, and you do get a cameo from Dave Chappelle on that too. Uh, and then you also so you got Trevor Nolan's special, which was actually I didn't even realize that he shot his special here in Detroit. Oh wow! See, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's um it has a really dope intro that's Detroit centric to it. Um, that's that's on Netflix too. So. Um, Netflix definitely been doing the the thing. Um, I know you love the show from. Man, I love from, and you know I'm glad that you just said that, Rodney, because I just finished up from. Yes, yeah, so somebody posted if y'all don't go watch season two and it get canceled, then they gonna be pissed. So, um, well, they got they got renewed for season three already. And I'm not gonna let you in um, with man. I just and, and my mind is still blown. I literally just finished. It's crazy you just said that. I literally just finished up the season of season two, and my mind is still blown. I, I think I'm still like puzzled. I'm confused. I've never been so locked into a show where I still don't know what the fuck is going on after two seasons, Rodney. I still don't know what's going on on this show. Yeah. Um... It's, it's funny you bring up uh, From Getting Renewed for Season 3. Um, one of my favorite shows uh, that Season 2, five episodes has dropped. And I think it's going to be eight total. Uh, but Reacher and Amazon Prime, um, that that has already been renewed for Season 3 as well. So it actually... Oh, I love Reacher. Yeah, Um it's actually so popular. It became Nef, I mean, Amazon Prime most watched show um, of the year after only three episodes had dropped. So, 
Yeah, it was between that one and the boys, man. The boys, a, a lot of people, they didn't understand the boys, and I think they're starting to really pick up um, and get a better understanding of the boys. I still tell people to go watch that show. That show is freaking amazing. So Jack Reacher, of course, is is, is a whole different monster, but if you didn't check out the boys, go see the boys. It's really good. Marvel superheroes basically going rogue and crazy. And, uh, yeah. Oh, I got another show too, Rodney. That's really good too. And I know I mentioned it, um, a couple other times too. Um, oh man, now I'm forgetting the doggone, uh, name of it. But it's the show that comes on, on, um, uh, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah, it's evil. There you go. Thank you, Rodney. It's evil on Paramount Plus. They got renewed, but now we just waiting on. It's so many plot twists and spins on that one. Evil is really good. Yeah, check that out. I know I'm late to the party, but I have been watching um, Seal Team on Paramount Plus. Wait, is that really good? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, I definitely want to check that out too. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely um, worth watching. Um, trying to think, um, what's what's the show on Max? Rap shit. Oh yeah, yeah, rap shit. Now that rap shit is really good. Yeah, rap. I've been checking that out too. That's really good. Industry also on on the Max is good. Um. Trying to think, it's so many damn streaming services now. Um, I'm pissed at Apple TV Plus because they canceled Swagger. Oh wow, that that's surprising to me. Yeah, um, yep yeah, they they canceled it um, late last week. So we Apple's been infamous for like canceling shows, and Netflix does the same thing too. They'll hit you with one season, maybe two, and then they'll just cancel it out of the blue. And I'm like, this show has to have a cult following. Or maybe it's – and they just, like, cancel it. HBO Max did that to me before, too, with the the one show that had uh, Jonathan Majors in it and uh, – Oh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I did not get it because I'm like, this show is freaking amazing. Like, I was sitting there mouth-watering, waiting for the next season, and then, boom, they cancel it. Like, what type of – I'm still mad about that. I, I just thought that that show was amazing. Yeah, because it had him, it had Journey. Um, what's, what's my man? Uh, <laughs> oh, hell. Even um, Courtney Vance was, was in it. Yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, the whole ensemble of cast was really good. The whole cast was good. Michael K. Williams, uh, rest in peace. He, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, man, that's that. That was a hell of a cast, man, and like the show was like moving really good too. And and it, you know what was really good about that show, Rodney? They had a good little payroll behind them, so you know it was shot. It, it didn't look like a a two B TV show. Like it, it really, like <laughs> for the stuff that they came up with and the plots and everything and. Everything they they came and did, and yeah, I just thought that that was a good show. Yeah, I'm. I don't. So, cause they also did it with the Regina King uh, series Watchmen. 
I know. I was surprised about that one too. Yeah, that had only got one season, and that that's really um. I I like the series better than I like the damn movie. Yes, I just like I said, I'm I'm so confused about like a lot of these shows and and everything, and and then you know we we sit there and we we put the prayer hands together and we like please get picked up by another uh by another streaming service, but a lot of times it just it never happens. Um, yeah. that that happened with the underground. I know that uh, John Legend and Oprah were doing the underground. They gave us uh, two seasons of the underground. And I was just really hoping that we can, you know, get a third season so we can finish it off nice. It was coming on WGN, and then they wind up canceling it. So they said the payroll was too much. Makes me want to write Tyler Perry, like, can you please pick this up just to you? Yeah, like, come on, Tyler Perry. You see all these sh- But you know what Tyler Perry likes, so it is what it is. And and he unfortunately he has a BET so a lot of stuff is gonna be coming through BET for Tyler Perry. It's already showing all the Tyler Perry stuff anyway, so and it'd be that other type of drama that you really don't you got to be prepared for. Yeah, so <laughs> I will give Tyler Perry credit for Sisters and um, Zatima. Those are, those are uh, my. Those are my two Tyler Perry shows. No, Sisters is dope. I like the the uh, the the brother the uh, brother show is pretty dope too. Mm-hmm. It's like really quick too. I think that show is dope. What's the one with the cult? Uh, oh shoot, I know what you talk more and why. that show was really good. It's really good. Like it's so many plot twists on it. I'm like the only person that can come up with this shit is Tyler Perry because all these shows got plot twists. The sister, baby, daddy, uncle, brother on the mama side is with. I'm like, God damn! Like you just, <laughs> it's some Tyler Perry shit, but it'd be good though. Like I'm, I'm locked in. So, hopefully, he can bring some of the other shows um, that we like, and he can get some of the other people jobs too. I know mm-hmm. that um, we just seen Taraji P Henson break down and cry over not um, making enough money. So, hopefully, we can get her on some shows and. Yeah, um, Tyler Perry has been known for breaking the pay discrepancy. So, um, if I remember correctly, he paid Sisley Tice a million dollars for one day of work just for being, you know, historically underpaid. So, right now that now that was awesome right there. I remember hearing that, and I, that brought a tear to my eye. Man, I was like really excited about that, and I think. Uh, Taraji said the highest paycheck she received was from Tyler Perry mm-hmm. in one interview. Yeah, so I think he paid her like half a million or something. So, yeah, hopefully, um, this is a wake up call to Hollywood. Um, hell, and you no, know, we we up against it, but right now, you got Washington 31, Texas 21. We could get a future All Big Ten matchup in the national championship, and that's what it's going to actually be, man. And I didn't want to like toot toot the Big Ten horn, you know, when I was arguing with people over the internet. But <laughs> I just felt like uh, I didn't think Alabama was that great this season, and I definitely knew that Texas was super overrated. Texas isn't really that good, so. Um, I'm glad that Texas isn't going to be there either because it's going to be in Texas. It's going to be in Houston, to be a, a, as a matter of fact. 
And uh, that just goes to show you that Texas could have had a chance to, if they do lose this, which I think they will, Texas had a chance to play in their own backyard in Houston, even though they are playing out of Arlington. Yeah, for man. a national championship, and they blew oh, it. Yeah. So. Superdome <laughs> crowd is is very pro Texas right now, anyway. So, uh, right, that's why I said they had a chance, and they they blew it from a team coming all the way from freaking Washington. So, um, we'll we'll be back. Re- hopefully, we're recapping a uh, Michigan victory in the national championship game. Um, previewing the Lions playoff matchup and hell, giving our Super Bowl predictions on the next episode. And hopefully between now and then, the Pistons win another damn game. <laughs> right, and shout out to the Pistons for winning that one game. I know Toronto was depleted because they made that huge trade. So shout out to you, Pistons. You, you get your flowers. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll catch y'all on the B-side. Peace.